Good morning, New Vine Lakes, and welcome to church. It's exciting to be with you this morning. It's exciting to be able to share with you a little bit about uh, our journey to date. You know, it's 12 years ago since uh, New Vine Lakes kicked off, and next weekend, we're pretty excited about having a birthday party across the whole church in our life groups and, and other small groups, so we can just celebrate and really enjoy together this journey that we've been on for the last 12 years. So 12 years old, 12 years on. Uh, it's been great. The best is yet to come. But this morning, Steve's given me the privilege of being able to share with you uh, just a little of our journey and a little bit of, of our, our way that uh, we got involved with Lakes. And, uh, and then I want to just share just a message about now faith. You know, yesterday's faith's great, and, and we've, we've got a, uh, just a cupboard full of testimonies on all the good things that have happened for us as a church. But that was yesterday. And that's part of our testimonies, and, and now we're moving forward. And we're moving forward with now faith. Now faith is, is connected to the challenges that God's presenting with us today. Well, my now faith journey with Lake started 12 years ago. And at the time, uh, Donna and I had been a part of New Vine at Marylands, and uh, I was on the eldership there, and I was driving to Queensland. And as I was driving to Queensland, I was thinking and praying it was good I was always in the truck by myself so I always had a little lot of time to prayer to pray and to think and to work through different issues and and uh, on this particular trip um, we knew that lakes was about to kick off it was going to happen in a few months and and uh, and I was just praying that it would just be a wonderful experience for them uh, being involved in eldership we had a lot going on at New Vine at Marylands we'd also planted H2O up at Maitland and there was a few rocky things going up on up there and and we had to kind of get involved and Andrew Cole had to go up there and be pastor for a while and there were things going on everywhere but God just spoke to me in a, in a voice and, and, and just not an audible voice but a, an impression in my mind and it said Ian why aren't you joining the team to Lakes? And I had to have a think about it because it had been a desire of mine that we'd always see a church planted in this region, you know, in this, this Elibana, uh, Crowdus Bay, Tingara Heights, Valentine Heights, Valentine, this area that, that was emerging, but it didn't have a church. There was a good church down at Warners Bay Baptist, one at Belmont Baptist, but in this particular region there wasn't. And it was always in my heart that we would see it. And we lived here in Warners Bay, so it seemed natural that we would join it. So God just started challenging me with this, and, and I'm wrestling with this whole why. Well, why wouldn't I join it? And you know, and anyway, so it's going through my mind, and, and I got back from my trip to Brisbane, and we had an elders meeting that night, and in the elders meeting, um, the uh, Andrew and and uh, Paul they presented the idea. They said, why don't we send an elder from from our team out to join lakes to give them support and i just had to laugh because i say you would not believe what god's been saying to me over the last few days as i've been driving to and from brisbane and i was going to share with you tonight the exact same thing that you're sharing with me and the impression you're feeling you know um so it was it was just such a good synergy of thought but it was also then a confirmation for me yeah maybe that's what god is asking from me you know, in the Bible it says in, in, uh, in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Now, I'd, I spent some time while I was away reading in the word and, and, and wrestling with the word, but there was this revelation that came into my mind and it was God speaking to me. And then that faith launched us into a new chapter. So 
it was it was a catalyst to really show me that that God had a time for us to move and be a part of a new a new season a new season for our life a new season uh, for our church at Maryland but also the beginning of a season at Lakes and it's been uh, very exciting when you're listening and your listening becomes hearing something changes you know so often we can be listening to conversations but then we hear something and the hearing is the dynamic part and the hearing and, and listening and tuning into God is what really shaped uh, my life um, the challenge to join the team for me was a personal encouragement from the Holy Spirit it was like an impression and I often think like a, of an impression when I'm playing with my grandkids with some plasticine or something like that and you push your fingers and, and you leave impressions everywhere there's there's fingerprints that go through it there's shapes that we try to make and I, I kind of feel often that God's shaping us he's shaping us for a next season for for us to look like something he wants us to look like now and, and the shaping is often through the word, the word that he gives us. Every journey that we, we take on has moments that we plan and prepare for and moments that are just dynamic. You know, so what I encourage people often is that we need to strategize, but we need to be ready to improvise. And for us, we were on this journey with New Vine Maryland and we were not comfortable, but quite happy in, in being in the church there. But God had another thought. He had another thought for our lives. You know, and I'm, I'm not saying it was easy for us to make that transition. It was quite difficult, probably more difficult for Donna than I. But we had good friends at Maryland. We had a good journey there. But we, we knew it was time to stretch out. We knew it was time to go to a new place that God had for us. Um, you know, I, I read the Beatitudes once. And they're beautiful. You know, the Beatitudes are attitudes that are we meant to have as we fellowship together. And when I was reading them and, and going through them, I had an impression in my heart then too that maybe they just interrupted Jesus or cut him short because I'm sure there is one more beatitude that should have been in there, and that is, blessed are the flexible because they won't break. You know, we read, i just got a couple here, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are those who, uh, blessed are the meek, Blessed are those who hunger. All the other ones are there, but somehow they just forgot to record that one. And it's blessed are the flexible because they won't break. Because so many times what happens in our life is a plan that we've got that God intervenes on. And we need to be flexible so that we can move forward with his plan. Flexibility without compromise. Now, it's an interesting thought that we need to have flexibility without compromise. Because there is... There is a direction that God's taking us to. There's a message that he's got in our hearts. There's a direction and a call and a purpose that God has on our life. And that's often connected to the Great Commission or the skills and ability God's gifted us with to move forward in. But we need to be flexible in the expression of how God wants to work that out. Now, when I was thinking through there, this, I was my mind went back to Joshua. Now, in the Bible, we read in Deuteronomy a whole story of what it was like for the people on the edge of the promised land. Now, God had taken them out of Egypt. He'd done amazing miracles in their life and taken them on an, an incredible journey. And he got them and they're sitting in, in the land. No, we don't know exactly where, but the land to the west of the Jordan. And now they're going to have to move to the east side of the Jordan. They're going to have to move across the Jordan River. Now, when they arrived at, at that western side of the Jordan River, they were probably maybe 600,000 people 
from different records that I've read, it would probably be close to that number. So these 600,000 people had originally, they left Egypt. God had done, as I said before, amazing things to be able to get them through. He brought them through, you know, the sea and, and parted the sea and allowed them through to walk on dry ground. And, and then they got to this place where, where they were ready to move into the promised land. But their first attempt, instead of being something that they wanted to grab and run with straight away, even though they'd seen God do amazing things in their lives, fear crept them and fear, Lord, fear just stole their faith. It stole their ability to move forward with confidence. And when they're caught there and they're in that land, you know, they were there, ended up being there for 40 years. And for 40 years, they knew what could be on the other side. But without faith and without taking on faith, they'd missed out on that opportunity. The, the main one who knew that was Joshua. So Joshua is sitting there. He knows what's on the other side of the Jordan. And he knows now what could be, and he's had to live with what could be for 40 years, and he's ready to move. And also, I believe Joshua was a leader. You know, I sometimes wonder whether Joshua lacked a bit of confidence, because there's five occasions where we hear the promise, uh, the sorry, the encouragement given to Joshua, remember I've commanded you, be confident in what you're about to do, be determined in order to succeed. Now, that's a pretty special verse for Donna and I because when we were in Sydney and we were just about to move to Newcastle with a two-week-old baby, that was the exact verse that God gave me to move up here. And it was the first time I had to stretch out in faith and really trust God that he had us on a journey, that he was directing my steps and we were being sent as missionaries to Newcastle. And as funny as that sounds because people don't normally come missionaries to Newcastle, we felt that. We felt that God had a purpose. When I look back over the last nearly 40 years, I can see how God's used us in all of those different ways. And back in Sydney, we were poised and prepared and ready to go. Joshua's poised, prepared and ready to go. And I can bet you, I bet you anything, he had no idea about how God was going to do it. Because Joshua might have been a bit of a man with a plan, you know, I bet his plan didn't include walking across the Jordan River on dry ground, particularly in flood season where it's a 30-meter walk and 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 it's often three to four meters deep and could have been even bigger than that in in flood season but all of a sudden god just performed this amazing miracle where they they walked through you know and this six hundred thousand team of people that have arrived there now were two and a half million people two and a half million people walked across that journey and they made their way to jericho now again joshua being a bit of a strategic planner i kind of think he'd sized up jericho he'd knew what it was like, he knew what the city was like, he had a bit of statistics on it. But I'll bet you, he never considered once that God was going to perform a victory there through a praise and worship service. I'm sure he didn't know in his, his heart before God told him that, that they were going to walk around a, a city wall seven times and then watch God push those walls into the ground. And I, and I thought about that one day and and I thought, well, if the walls had have just come tumbling down like we used to sing in our Sunday school songs, well, then they were almost as wide as they were tall, so that wouldn't have been much good. But all of the people from the city all came out into the city walls. And what happened to the city walls? If they're pushed into the ground, then the city was really vacant of any warriors. And when the Israelites were there, they were just simply able to walk over the tops of the walls, except where Rahab had been. And then they were able to take the city 
Now, I'm sure that reputation then spread out across all of Palestine. And the promised land was opening up because the people of Israel, they didn't rely on their own logic and their own plans. They moved into the promised land based on God's plan. When I'm sharing with business people, I often share with them that we have a horizon vision. And I ask them to plan as far as that horizon is what they can see. You know, as people, we have a horizon vision. But the reality is, our horizon vision only goes so far. It doesn't go all the way into the future. But the reality is, beyond our horizon vision, God is already there. And in faith, God is asking us to come and join him into the, the place that's beyond our horizon. You know, when we talk about faith, we talk about faith as being the substance of things we hope for. And the substance is the fact that God is already in a place that he's inviting us into. Then God plants desires in our heart. And those desires in our heart, he will literally move heaven and earth to see happen and become reality. So as we delight ourselves in God, he plants desires in our hearts that he wants to bring into fruition. And if we can get a hold of that, then we can say, well, when we read verses that say, like, without faith it's impossible to please God, well, to please God and we stop, take our life and our time and move on in faith, we can see amazing things happen because we walk by faith and not just our logic and our own understanding. So if you want to read Deuteronomy 6 or even all of Deuteronomy, you'll start to get a picture of what God did in Joshua's life and how he unfolded the steps of faith that he had to take. You know, obedience means we put God's laws and teaching into practice. And I want to encourage you, never let action slip too far away from intention. Now, if God's put a challenge into your life like he did into my life to join lakes, then I want to encourage you now to ask, God, well, what are you asking of me now, God? Because I can tell you about many things that have happened over my life. You know, God has, has done amazing things in my life through the challenges and the steps that I've taken in faith. But the reality is all those historical experiences of my life are now my testimonies. But God hasn't finished with me yet. See, God still has a plan for now, for my life. And this year I read Hebrews 11.1. 1. And in, in Hebrews 11.1 1 it says, Now faith is the substance of the things that we hope for. It's evidence of things unseen. And as I'm reading that, I'm thinking to myself, you know, there's something in here for me. And God said, read it again. So I read it again. Now faith, and God said, stop. And I read it again. I said, now, he said, stop. And then I just, I said, well, Holy Spirit, what are you trying to teach me right now? And I just felt again, this impression of the Holy Spirit to say, now faith is the substance of things we hope for. And, and it hit me just like a lightning bolt. It just said, now faith, where is my now faith? Not my yesterday's faith, not my faith that contributed to the testimonies of my life, but my now faith. What am I believing for now? And we, as, as we approach our almost teenage years as a church, 
We've got 12 years of, of great testimony, of great journey, of, of great promises of God that we've seen. But there's a few other things, you know, we're still waiting to see. But where's our now faith? What are we believing for now as a church? What are we believing for now individually? What are you asking God for now? Where is your now faith now? What are you believing for now? What are the challenges you think that God is putting in your heart now? Where is he asking you to stretch out now? Obedience, trust, determination with God is what's going to get you there. Now faith is living in this moment with the faith required for this lot of challenges that God puts in front of us. As a church, we need to let go of familiar. Familiar is a place where we can become stuck and we don't want to become stuck because that was part of yesterday's vision. This year, we've been forced to change. Some of the changes that we've, we've had to adapt and adopt into what, it, what we've done to actually just simply meet as a church has been we've had to go online, we've had to do life groups and, and church differently. You know, but throughout that time, we've grown, we've developed, we've changed, we've evolved. We haven't lost our vision for what it is that we want to do as a church, bringing people closer to Jesus and, and being faithful to spreading the word in our community. But we've had to adopt and, and adapt to a new and a different way. You know, faith is being ready to move forward. Another, another verse, another sorry chapter in the Bible is found in Matthew 6. You know, and, and as I read Matthew 6 uh, just a few months ago, God showed me the seven themes in Matthew 6. And one of the greatest promises that we have in understanding how trustworthy God is and how we should move forward. And those seven themes, as we get them aligned right in our life, God takes us into a new promise. Okay. So the seven themes in Matthew 6 are giving, prayer, worshipping God, by fasting, storing up treasures in heaven, light, money, and worry. So I'd just like to read a little bit as well now. And and giving up the need, sorry, giving to the needy or the ones less fortunate than we are in obedience is what God requires of us in faith. Now for us, this has taken us to to the Philippines, to Russia, South Korea, Vanuatu, Fiji, Kupang, um, in Zambia, remote areas of New South Wales, and yes, even down to Windale. God's used us in all different areas in different ways because he, he showed us that there's a need that we have to give to the needy. The next theme in, in Matthew 6 is talking about the need to be praying as Jesus taught, to honour God, show reverence for him in all things. That God is our Father, He's our friend, He's our Lord, and He's inviting us to join Him, in, join Him in His kingdom. That He will provide for us all we need if we seek Him first. That we're required to forgive because those around us are not perfect, and you're soon going to find that out living in a church community. There's some people who are going to—they're uh, going to rub you up the wrong way. But we need to forgive as we want those. Uh, as we want God to forgive us. We need to forgive those around us. Another thing is don't entertain temptation. Temptation's not sin. Temptation is 
is just a natural part of life. Sin is what happens when we entertain temptation. You know, so we need to have faith to overcome temptation. God can always forgive our sin if we're prepared to forgive others. Number three, we're meant to control desires, even food, and place them under the submission of God. There will be times that if you fast, you'll draw closer to God. For July this year, God challenged me to do a Daniel fast. So for the first 21 days of July, I did a Daniel fast. And there was 26 things that God showed me specifically about life, direction, business, other things that he wanted me to move into and move through. And I'm so thankful I did that. So remember that. Number four, whether you save or spend, be mindful of what you're spending your money on because your heart will follow where you place your treasure. Now, a lot of times we think it's the other way around, but the reality is our heart follows where we place our treasure. So be careful where you put your treasure. Next, where the, um, your eyes are the doorways to your soul. So guard and protect your eyes. Be careful what you place your, your gaze on because it affects the light that enters your body. And if we're meant to be light and we're meant to be reflectors, we need to be really careful of what it is that we gaze on and how it affects our life. Number six, what we own, we don't. It owns us. You know, I share with, with people often, you know, if you just keep getting lots of stuff, you get stuffed. So you need to learn how to control desires and you need to be aware of what's in your life because you don't own it it owns you and it draws attention and can even draw you away from what god wants for your life in faith last thing is there number seven where wherever you begin to worry is the same place where you stop trusting god and where you start trusting god is the place where you can leave worry behind so as we close today and as we we wind up what we're sharing I just want to encourage you to have a life that's focused on the portion of faith and challenge God's presenting with you now. Where's your now faith? Is your now faith ready for now challenges? As we move into the next chapter of what New Vine Lakes look like, looks like, are you asking Jesus, lead me, guide me, be the word that comes into my life because I need to make a step of a step of faith and I need to have that step of faith grounded in the word that you're giving me so whether you find that in the word of God or whether you find it in an impression of the Holy Spirit that God's actually lifted words off a page and and kind of made them come alive more than they ever have before what is God asking of you now what is God challenging you with now as we move into our next chapter whether it be place online Wherever we're moving forward, whether it be a ministry of the church, an emerging ministry of the church, where is your now faith? What is God asking of you now? You know, in closing, I just want to share, faith is not make-a-wish foundation. You know, we, we can move into our future through one or two avenues. We can, we can move into it with our best guess, or we can move into it with faith. You know, our best guess is based around, around our intelligence, it's all based around us. It's often based around what we want. Now, faith is different. Faith has a substance in the things that we hope for. And the things that we hope for, if we're walking with God, are the desires 
and dreams that God's planted in our heart. So when we say faith is the substance of things we hope for, it's the desires that God planted in our heart, and it's emerging, it's growing, it's, it's, it's incubating, it's, it's poised, it's planned, it's ready to go. God wants to release that from you so that you can become all he wants you to be. So I just want to pray for you now, and I just want to ask, you know, it is time to move out in faith. Now, that might be the first step of faith, which is giving your life to God. So if you've never given your life to God, now is the time to step out in faith and give your life to God. When you surrender your life to God, it's the most amazing experience. God then has plans for you that are exceedingly abundantly more than you can dream and ask for. It might be that you've become a little safe in God and you remember a lot of testimonies of the past, but the testimonies are less and less current. So now it's the time to, to make a new step, to make a new jump, to make a new leap. You know, But you're not leaping on your own. Right, where you're leaping is holding God's hand. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. It's easy. My burdens are light. I want to walk this. You, I'm not sending you out to do this alone. It's a co-mission. All right, and we're going to do it with God. So it might be that God's asking something new of you. Now's the time to enter into new. And it's time to step out in faith with God. Living by faith is a life by trust, belief, and obedience again God already exists beyond the horizon of what we can see and today he's inviting you to join in there and I want to encourage you as we move into our next year and we celebrate our birthday next weekend that as a church we're eyeballing what's next and as a church we're ready to move into God's next plan that you will individually for yourselves do the very same thing God bless you. Thank you for the opportunity to share with you today. Thank you for the opportunity to share and encourage you to move out in faith. And I am anticipating great stories of where you've moved into the next level of faith with God. Bless you. In Jesus' name.